Hi and welcome everyone to the 62nd episode of Serum Rocks. This is Marcus Allanson and today's podcast will be about flow versus workflow. And with me today I have Britta Rickstad from MacGyver CRM. Britta is a three-time Microsoft MVP as well as an independent consultant and trainer on Microsoft Dynamics 365 and earlier versions of CRM. In her spare time, she hosts a class for people looking for make the leap into career into Dynamics. Welcome, Britta Rickstad. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? Doing really well. Excited to be here. So CRM is all about managing a customer relationship. So what is a good customer relationship to you? Every organization has a reason that they exist. And so it doesn't really matter if they're nonprofit or for-profit. There's a reason that they are grouped together to do something. And um, that's always for a customer, whether they call it a customer or not. And so I think a good customer relationship, you can see the proof of one when um, the customer's needs are being met proactively, whatever it was the organization set out to do, they're accomplishing that. And then the people who work at the organization are leveraged to the best of their ability. So they're not wasting all their time doing small menial tasks or putting out fires, but they're really doing the best work that they can do. Who are your customers? You know, that really looks different day to day. I am an independent consultant, or um, sometimes I refer to myself as a gun for hire. And so that means it really looks different depending on what project I'm on. Usually I'm called in when there's a specific need on a team or on a project. And so I play that very specific role. So sometimes my customers are, you know, the company that I'm building a CRM system for. Sometimes my customers are students or consultants that I'm training. Sometimes my customer is actually a Microsoft partner or Microsoft itself, and I'm meeting needs that they have. What is it that you do? Well, as I said, it looks a little different day to day, but Some of the time that is actually configuring CRM, I'm a functional consultant, so I don't write code, but I push the platform out of the box about as far as I can. So really, really love workflows and all the automation. And um, so I do those kinds of things for customers. And then I also write training content and deliver training content. So um, sometimes I'm in a coaching role. What is your last memorable customer experience? Well, I had um, lots of fun memories last week. I got the wonderful experience of spending it with 11 students who were all transitioning into technical sales roles in the dynamic space. And so we got to spend a week together really diving deep into sales and customer service and field service and all different areas of the product. And um, one of the things that I love about any kind of coaching role is that moment where you can tell in someone's eyes that just clicked, that the power of what they can do now just became real to them. And I love that moment. And I got to see a lot of that moment last week. Yeah, that's a real fun one, uh, part of uh, training people. So what is flow if we look at that? So what I love about flow is it is a beautiful, really intuitive interface for writing what we used to call workflows. And what I really love about Flow is it's not just limited to Microsoft products. We can actually use it with nearly anything these days. And so um, Flow gives us this nice flow chart style kind of drag and drop interface, which is really, really friendly and really intuitive and helps you think about the process in the way that you would if you were going to flow chart it, like using Visio or a software like that. And because of the power of all of the connectors, you are not just limited to data in your Microsoft systems, but you're also opened up to all different kinds of other systems like Twitter or 
you know, other kind of platforms like that using pulling it outside from your email or really any company that has a connector for flow. And then in addition to that, it brings in some really user-friendly ways to start playing with the Azure machine learning stack. So for example, in flow, it's really easy to add sentiment analysis. So you can just drop with just one box in flow. You can have whatever you'd like to have checked for the sentiment. Is it positive? Is it negative? Is the person upset? Are they happy? And so it's really nice, for example, if you wanted it to read all of your emails and let you know which one someone is upset. So maybe you answer that one the fastest or analyzing tweets or something else. So there's some tools that used to take quite a bit of code and a background in Azure to do that now a business user has the power to do because of Flow. So it's very exciting. Would you say more the main differences if we try to compare flow with the workflow inside of Dynamics CRM? Great question. So I have always been a lover of the workflow engine inside of Dynamics. It actually uh, changed the course of my career. I got to write a couple workflows while I was interning and that just changed everything for me. I fell in love with it. And it's been a little funny as the debate has sprung up now, flow versus workflow, which one do you use? Which one's better? It's the kind of questions people like to ask. Um, my friends tease me. Like if someone starts talking positively about flow and I don't butt in and defend workflow, then um, sometimes I'll get texts from friends. Are you even in this session? What, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you getting upset? And the, the thing is, I think they're both great tools. And there's a lot of value in knowing how to use both of them well and uh, knowing what they're for. The other thing that's interesting is that Flow is released incredibly fast. So workflow, I've been writing workflows. I've written thousands of workflows over the last seven years. And we have only had one major change to the design of how workflows work in the nearly seven years that I've been writing them. We got the OR function back in, I think it was 2013 or 2014. And we could do OR statements in our conditions. That's the only change we've gotten and that's actually really disappointing. It's a powerful platform. And for those of us who use it a lot, we do use it all the time, but it really hasn't changed. And so as the platform has grown and as integrations have gotten better and the power of Dynamics has improved, we really haven't seen that in workflow. Flow, however, has a really, really fast release cadence. And so sometimes Flow is updated by the product team on a weekly basis. Sometimes it's weekly, sometimes it's bi-weekly, but the power of Flow is growing, you know, at least several times a month in what we can do with it. And that's always changing. And so it's really exciting to see all of the new features that we're getting. And um, I don't think it has to be a Flow versus Workflow. I think in most cases, you can either pick the right tool for the job or pick the one that makes you feel the most comfortable or use them together too. And so um, I've decided to opt out of the debate of which one's better. And I think they're both wonderful of reasons why I use either one. And um, the best approach is to figure out where they work the best and just build the best product you can. Okay, so I had Sarah Aragood to talk to me and um, in this autumn about how to use workflow together with business process flows mm -hmm. to automate the business process flow inside of CRM. I mean, is, is that a scenario that you would tr even try to use flow for then? Or, or are you more like, okay, l let's try to figure out what the areas are and then use them in their respective areas then? 
Hmm. That's a great question. So my answer has a lot of bias in it, and that is that I am incredibly confident in workflow because I've written thousands of them and not yet as confident in flow. And so it's very possible that you could solve that either way. I think if the process is really clear cut and something changes in the CRM data that brings the need to update the business process flow for me, I think CRM workflows work really well for that. Um, not to say you couldn't do some things with flow. I think where flow would come into play or you might include it in that process, whether it's the whole thing or just part of it, is if something outside of Dynamics is what's making that change. So if, for example, um, something happened with the customer or something happened with data or something was picked up in an integration and that advances the business process flow or changes, you make something else necessary, uh, that I think you'd want to include flow with if it all is, if the change is inside of Dynamics and, um, you know, the updates inside of Dynamics, I still lean on workflows for that because I can write them so fast. I know what I'm doing. I have kind of a bias there. Doesn't mean that that's how I'll do it forever, but it's just being honest about how I do it today. Okay, so they work great inside of CRM and they can access the CRM data. That's some key points that workflow is a good candidate at least. So what do you think about uh, working with them with different uh, environments and, and combining them with solutions then? I do that a lot. Um, for most of my customers, we're working in a multiple solution environment. So we're often writing that workflow in a development environment and then including it in a solution and moving that through integration and testing and user training and other environments before we get to production. Um, I really like how we can keep with a cleaner release cadence. We can really do all of our due diligence and it's... Um, very clean and obvious how to do that. And I think it's really well-documented. Solutions make that really easy. Flows are um, a little less structured in that way as far as like not adding them to solutions. You know, harder to... Now you could test it against multiple environments, I guess. So you could still, you know, have the function. But if all the other customizations you're doing are in Dynamics, so you're doing field customizations and form customizations and you're writing business process flows and other things, you're already moving that releases updates through solutions anyway. And so it feels really natural to do that in a workflow inside of a solution when you can. Yeah, otherwise you have this Word document where you, okay, I need to, yeah, remember the flow that we tested mm -hmm. before and, and you add it all. Combined with the, the data that you sort of have to move together with the solution. And now you have this extra thing that you have to sort of add to the to-do list yes. every time. Absolutely. There are two different cultures that come into play when we talk about flow. And this actually has to do with flow and power apps. I see them the same in this conversation. And you might have heard the term citizen developer. And what that means is usually to me, that means a savvy business person. They know the business process. They know what they need to be able to do their job better. And they want to go build it themselves. They're smart enough to know how to do this. They just need the right tools. And so tools like Flow and Power Apps are really created with that person in mind. They're for the company that wants to empower their people to help themselves. So that was me when I worked at a customer. I was the IT budget. So we bought software licenses to things like Dynamics. And then 
I was the rest of the budget. So if I could figure out how to do it on YouTube, we had it. And if I couldn't figure out how to do it on YouTube, we didn't. And so we weren't paying a developer. We weren't going to go out and buy third-party solutions. We weren't going to use custom code. And so back in back at that time, because we didn't have things like Flow and Power Apps, for me, that meant Excel macros. So every time we needed calculations or we had some data crunched or something brought in from the outside world, it was usually some combination of an Excel macro and then importing that data into CRM. And um, I was a citizen developer. It just wasn't a term yet, but I was that kind of user. And there are so many companies who they have so much that they need and either they have developers on staff, but those developers have a lot on their plate and they're never going to get to those lower priorities or they're like the customer that I worked for and we don't have a development team at all. And so those kinds of customers are going to do very well with something like Flow and they are adapted in the way that they see this kind of technology. They're okay with something is trying it and having it fail in production and having it not be quite perfect and tweaking it and having it be kind of iterative, that works well for some companies. Other companies are very afraid of that. They want a very strict release cycle. They want to make sure that they vet everything. They want to make sure that one person or a small team of elected people are making any of those changes and that it can go through all of these environments and be thoroughly tested before it ever touches production or gets out to the hands of a user. And those companies, I think, are going to stick with workflows for quite a while. They're going to still want to have that controlled release cadence. If they have something they can't do in a workflow, then they're probably going to pay for the code to be written, or they're just not going to have it. And so I don't think flows are for everyone. I think for the companies that flows are the right fit for, they're amazing, so empowering. But I have just as many companies that I know that will probably never use flow, and um, at least not as the current leadership can see it, because they're just not the right fit. They don't want that's not exciting to them. The thought that one of their salespeople can just go build the app they need. And now they have that on their phone and it's automated with their outlook and all these other notifications and push buttons and cool things they can do. That is scary instead of exciting. You know, it's not just a technical conversation anymore. It's how well that citizen developer mindset fits for a particular company. Because just because you can do it in flow doesn't mean that that culturally fits what a company wants and that they'll ever use it. Do you feel that that correlates more or less to the size of the company implementing dynamic CRM? So the bigger the company with more users, then the more rigorous process to deliver things to production environments? You know, sometimes. I think in general, if I'm going to really generalize, so I'll generalize first and then I'll critique my own overgeneralization. I think there's definitely a trend that those small, smaller companies, especially where bu- the budget is small for IT, they might be a little bit more open. They realize that the things they want, they aren't going to get any other way. And also something that happens in smaller companies is that the employees are empowered to work outside of their immediate skill set. So if you work in a very, very large company with a lot of structure, you have a very specific job with a very specific job title. And that is what you do. That is the role that you do. And then you have to get promoted or move to a different role to do something else. Small companies tend to be more flexible in that. Not always, but they tend to be more open to employees um, 
playing with things that are outside of their skill set or outside of their immediate job description. A lot of employees in small companies wear multiple hats, so to speak. They sit in multiple roles and they do a lot of things. In theory, the very, very large, like enterprise, very, very large customers, they usually have a rigorous IT process. Not always, but hopefully they do. You have to at that size to be successful. And so in the very, very large implementations, Power Apps and Flow will either have very limited use for them or um, maybe might not get used at all. Or maybe they might set up some kind of approval process where they let, you know, they let their users submit ideas, but they don't just let them run wild with it. Uh, where I think we see the biggest difference is in the medium-sized companies. Some medium-sized companies have really strict policies on how they release new technology out to the company. And then other ones are actually just as freeform as the very small companies. So I've seen it in the field both ways, where the those medium to larger companies actually are much more relaxed or I guess some would say disorganized <laughs> in their processes than um, than others. So I don't know if there's a strict, you know, if they have less than 50 employees, they love flow. And if they have more than 200, they don't like flow. I don't think it's that clear, but there are some patterns. So if we try to go go a little bit back to workflow and flow then, so how do you feel about this then for the flow part? I mean, are do you have an opinion in your company that flow is okay, everyone can use it? Or how do you feel about it? <laughs> Great question. So my company is just me. So um, I write all of the workflows and all of the flows. Okay. But if I had um, if I had a small company, if I had a couple employees, and I had employees that I trusted and valued their opinions on things, which hopefully I would have if I had employees, I would want them writing flows and interacting. I'd want us all working together to move that vision forward and accomplish things faster. So I think I would be pretty open to it. Um, you know, it, it would come down to the training. That's the thing is that flow there's even power in using flow that has nothing to do with dynamics. And so there's some great place for people who are interested to play with it. There's great places to go play. Like my family, um, we do Christmas lists every year. And this year I automated all of our Christmas lists using flow. So um, anyone from my family could submit items to their own Christmas list or someone else. And a flow picked up that email and added the items to Wonderlist. Didn't have anything to do with dynamics at all, but um, just handled that little process for me. So I think flow is easier for someone who likes that kind of technology to learn and to have a place where they can play with just their own data. You know, they can say, when I get an email with this subject line, please do these three things. That's really clear. In a workflow, I don't let users just go write workflows. Um, I usually say if someone asks me, I get asked a lot actually by users if they can write workflows or just saying they want to. And I usually say, well, um, I would consider giving you permission if you're willing to commit to 100 hours of learning workflows this year. And so far, that stopped all of them. They're usually not that interested in learning it. And the reason for that is I can't control what they can write workflows for and what they can't. So I can't just give them the ability to write personal workflows and say, you can't touch the big pile of company data, but you can work in just these little areas and write some fun little workflows and play and learn. Um, I'm giving them access to a much broader piece. So I might let them learn in a free trial 
or in a test environment if I have that. But flow is a little more friendly. I could see letting someone learn flow or let them learn flow before they start playing with flows and dynamics. You know, get really accustomed to the way that it works and then start doing flows that have anything to do with dynamics. And that ties back to the flow has templates that you can start from. I mean, if you go to the flow site, there's hundreds of mini flows, just like the one that you explained. I mean, there's one like text me whenever I get an email from my boss. And, and mm -hmm. all of those have, as you said, nothing to do with Dynamics CRM. It's just that you can automate your work to improve whatever you want to improve. And I feel that's a, a, a benefit as well, that if you learn flow, it's, usual, it's usually good for other areas as well. Absolutely. But if you look at this, then there, there's no real trace of a flow happening if you just look from inside CRM. How do you feel about that? Well, that's a balance of... Um, looking at things on your Office 365 tenant and looking at things inside of Dynamics. And once again, the bias comes back into play. I love that for my background workflows, I can see what happened. I can, you know, keep audit logs on, or not audit logs, but keep, keep those system jobs and know what happened. And I like that. I like being able to look back because a lot of times when a workflow doesn't behave the way I expected it to, it's because the user didn't ex behave the way I expected them to, or the user who put in the data didn't behave the way I expected them to. And so a lot of the troubleshooting we do in workflows is because we assumed the process would always work one way. And then we get into production and we have real people doing their real life and it doesn't quite work out that way. So I like that I can track that. I like I can easily have it on a dashboard inside Dynamics. So the first thing I see when I come back to my desk is, you know, what workflows have failed and what workflows are waiting and what's stuck and what my error messages are. So I'm accustomed to that and that makes me feel safe and I like it. So it's a little hard to part with it. Something I do like though, is that flow does actually have really good error tracking. It's just in a different place. So you have to get custom to where to find that inflow. Um, but it does a good job of both validating what your um, what's happened in the flow that's run. And then also it can do things like let you know if it fails, you know, and it has all these places where it can say, hey, if this flow doesn't work, please let me know, which we can do a little bit in workflow today, but we have so many more options in flow. You know, like my workflows in CRM aren't going to text me if they fail. Probably pretty easy to do that in flow. So um it's some things like that where it's different than what we're used to. And once again, if you're used to this very CRM centric way of doing CRM, you know, everything needs to be in CRM, then flow is a little uncomfortable. But if you're just looking for the best tool for the job, I think you can get the error tracking that you're looking for. You just have to look for it somewhere else. If I look to workflow, then there are this option to make it real time or synchronous. That's not really an option for flow, right? Right, exactly. And that that's the biggest differentiator for me. I think most things you could do in a background workflow today, you could probably also do just as well in flow. And so that's a workflow that um, it gets triggered and then it enters a queue and it runs when it reaches its turn in line and then things happen in the background. And so for um, a background workflow, also known as asynchronous, uh, those 
are reaching a point, flow is getting so good that those are getting fairly interchangeable. You really could write a flow instead if you wanted to. And we've even reached the point that users can trigger flows from within Dynamics without ever leaving the tool. So that that's gotten pretty great. What I haven't seen a good replacement for yet are the tricks that I do in synchronous workflows, or those are also known as real-time. So like, for example, I can set it up in such a way that if a user does something outside of what I want them to do, I can pop up an error message right there on the screen. It's a custom error message. It can have their name in it or exact description of what went wrong or what record's missing or what I need from them. And that's really easy to do in a synchronous workflow. And in Flow, I don't have the ability to interact with the user that fast. So I can't have this instantaneous pop-up message or um, something else that's really fast. Sometimes when I want to interact with a user, I'm using business rules and um, workflows working together so that the screen is manipulated very quickly for the user and I'm guiding them through a process. That's not something I can do yet in Flow. So I think the synchronous workflows still win. If If we're really still looking for which tool wins and which scenario, I do think workflow wins as far as the synchronous functionality. If you look at the community then, sort of the history of it, I mean, as you said, it hasn't changed much. So even older blog posts or community, do they call them custom workflow actions or mm-hmm. activity or something like that, yep. that you can import and then extend the functionality for the workflows? Yes. So we do have a great library of free custom workflow activities. So for example, workflows aren't very good at math but there are a lot of custom workflow activities that developers have written and then donated to the community for everyone to use that are very good at math or um, manipulating the text in a text box or um, maybe doing updating a calculation so it only includes business days instead of all the days on the calendar. So there are many great resources like that that you can use. And the other benefit of it being around so long is there are years and years and years of great blog articles and recorded webinars and videos. And there's this rich history of the community teaching each other how to solve problems we all have in Dynamics with a workflow. I've, you know, I've written those. I've lived off of other people's blogs on those. There's really so much there. So if you, let's say you're using Serum for a very traditional sales standpoint, you're, you're going to find a lot of opportunities, a lot of blog posts and opportunities to learn about how to write great workflows specifically for uses in sales, just out in the community, you know, whether it's on blogs or through the user group or something else. Flow is so new that even though we have all these great templates, like you mentioned, having it send you a text every time you get an email from your boss or having it analyze the sentiment of whatever tweets come your way. We don't yet have that rich history on how to accomplish things in Dynamics using Flow. And it's not so much that Flow can't, it's just that those blog articles haven't been written yet, those videos haven't been made. And so for a lot of people, if you are learning either tool and you're specifically working on Dynamics data, you're probably gonna find the resources you need faster on traditional workflows than you'd find out how to do the same thing on flow. So if we try to look at long running workflows, then there's a function for a workflow to time out until a time has expired or a value is set or some 
update in the future. How do you work with this and and flow or yeah, how do you feel about that? Um, so I've spent a lot of the early part of my career making workflow do things that it technically doesn't do, like finding ways to hack it so you can schedule a workflow to run or um, setting really, really long recurrence patterns. So it runs for a month and then calls itself all over again or times out at a particular date. And what's really exciting to me about Flow is that Flow is much better at doing those kind of scheduled functions or things that are um, take a certain period of time. Uh, workflows weren't really designed for that. We can push the envelope on it, but, um, flow is actually showing itself to be a front runner in that, that, um, a lot of the functionality we have to get pretty creative to get out of workflow flow does really naturally. So, um, I think that's exciting and also kind of shifts that burden a little bit. Wait. I love wait conditions. A lot of people say not to use wait conditions in workflows because they're too expensive for resources. And I do think you should use a timeout instead of a wait whenever you can, but I actually use timeouts and waits in a lot of the projects that I do. I think it is a great feature, um, but I'll probably be shifting more and more as the tool matures. I think I'll be shifting more and more of that work. If, if time is important, when something happens is important, I might be shifting that more and more to flow as time goes on. I find it really interesting because I have spend too much time in flow but i have had problems with this one so i will probably have to look into flow again then because as you said a couple of times already changing so fast that what you learned yeah i don't know some time ago is not really accurate any longer how do you manage to to keep up with that um so the the one way i used i used twitter to keep up on kind of latest exciting things. I like to see what other people are doing in their flows. And then I have a group of friends that we show each other what we're writing in flows. Um, I do, I follow the evangelist for Microsoft where he's the evangelist overflow and he has a great uh, Twitter feed and makes videos and all the other things. So I've learned a lot from him. Um, we can put that in the show notes. That's PNW adventure guy. His name is John and he has a great Twitter feed. So I use that for a lot of things. And then I think you have to assume that what you're trying to do is possible. And that's how I learned a lot of dynamics well before Flow was a product um, we could use. I, I learned a lot about dynamics that way. And that is having the belief that what I'm trying to do is possible. So I have this business need. You know, I'm trying to get from point A to point B. I believe that Flow can get me there. I'm going to, you know, use search engines and use whatever resources and just play with it and try until I get there. And part of the reason I have to do that is because the product changes so fast and so often that if I just try to memorize it, I'm going to memorize it in an incomplete way because what I memorized a month ago isn't um, maybe those limitations I memorized aren't there today. And so I think you just have to keep trying and working on it. There's not going to be like you can just go to a boot camp and now you know everything about flow forever because <laughs> it's just changing so fast. So I think stay in there, find excuses. Every time you hit a little inconvenience or annoyance in your life, see if flow can solve that for you. Don't get so fixated on flow being part of dynamics. Just think about flow as a problem solver for you. And um, as you're used to how powerful it is and what it can do, that will naturally lend itself when you're solving a problem with CRM. You'll, you'll naturally start thinking about flow in that way and how it can help you. So if you are 
teaching an admin or are an admin yourself, how do you feel about the control of flow then from an admin or a super user point of view? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, so I actually asked John the um, I asked John the evangelist for flow this question because uh, I was really nervous about it. And I had this perception that it was just a free-for-all and anyone could damage my data. And I was very nervous about users using it. And there's actually um, quite a bit of admin control and that continues to grow. And um, you know, might even be a good episode to have John on and talk through all of those things you know, if your audience is really interested in flow. Um, what I do just for smaller companies is I start by having my t- flows be team flows because just by default, your flows are for you and they're for your benefit. There's something you write because you need it and then you have it. But um, there's this concept of team flows and that allows someone else to come in and see what you're building to help you fix it if you need to. And if you leave the company, they can actually hang on to it and keep it going and make tweaks along the way if they need to. That's part of the problem I, I do get a little concerned with this thought that if everyone just goes and writes their own flows and no one knows where these flows are, that is harder to take care of in the long run, especially as people leave or get promoted, um, things change over time. And so I think that administration story is getting stronger and stronger from the product team, but John might be a better one to handle that question. Uh-huh. Okay, I will have to ask him then if he's interested to come and talk to me about that then. So if we try to compare this with the workflow part, then is that really a concern as as you said earlier? It really isn't as long as you set up your security roles correctly. So there is this misconception because workflows have a notion of scope. Um, And as a default, I write almost all of my workflows as organizational scope. But because there is a personal option on there, it leads people to believe that you can have a user only write personal workflows and it's not going to hurt the larger organization. And that just really isn't true. If I give a user permission to write workflows, they can write workflows about whatever they want, whatever entities they want, um, whatever they have the power to do in workflow or even in any custom workflow activities that I've installed, uh, they have all of that. And so I really don't give that away. That's not something I wouldn't say to one of my users, well, you're really savvy and you tend to know your business process. So here, why don't you try writing a workflow about that and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I don't I do not do that. Um, flow, I might let them play around in flow and try to prove out the concept and try to solve their problem that way. So yeah, workflow is a great way to control who can do what, or, you know, at least keep out people who shouldn't be able to do things. Um, but it's not inclusive in that way. You can't have people learn on it as easily unless you just have a separate environment for them. So we don't have the problems with, I, I'm not as worried about being the administrator over workflows. And maybe that's just because I'm really confident. I know where to look, but I think it is, um, it's just more locked down in workflows. I don't know if it's better. I think it's just more locked down and it keeps more people out which if you're going the citizen developer path, that isn't necessarily better. Uh, It really depends on the company, I guess. So if we try to summarize a little bit here then, so what is a common good scenario or a good scenario for flow then if you just paint a broad picture here? So flow is fantastic for anything that includes 
something happening outside of CRM. So something that I always stress when I'm in training is that we are really about a whole business process and CRM is just a tool. So like when I'm training, I don't train users at a customer how to use CRM. I teach them the process and I teach them how this tool supports them in that process. And so I love how Flow opens up that perspective and it reminds us that processes often start outside of CRM and sometimes they even end outside of CRM or maybe they come in and out of CRM several times. And so Flow is great for anything that crosses outside like that. Uh, It can be a great case, for example, if you need it to read emails and then sometimes create cases and sometimes not, or maybe parse text apart and grab data out of just a big block of text. There's some really, really great add-ons for Flow that empower us to do things that we just can't do in Dynamics, um, in Dynamics workflows. So I like Flow for anything that if it exists outside, if any part of the process exists outside of CRM, uh, you probably need Flow for that. And then it's also great if you need to easily extend. So for example, like we've talked about sentiment analysis. In theory, I could include that in Dynamics. It would just take some custom code and some understanding of Azure machine learning to get that done. I don't need any of that to do it in a flow. I just you know insert that function and now I have it. And if we look at workflow from a CRM perspective, then what's a, what's, what's a good scenario for that? I think anything that truly needs a synchronous or real-time workflow is still obviously CRM workflows overflow. If I need that very instantaneous response, if I need it to be snappy, if I need it to appear on the screen while the user is looking at it, I need it that fast, I'm still going to have to use workflows for that. Okay, so what's tied? What could I use either for or or both then? Mm, So that... Um, where that usually first comes to mind for me is if something, if the trigger that causes it to happen happens outside of dynamics. So for example, I used this in a demo for a conference last fall where the trigger was if tweets, if certain Twitter users tweeted a certain hashtag, it created records in CRM. We were doing this game and it was scoring using the gamification tool in dynamics. And so my trigger was um, that hashtag, which is very much outside of CRM. And so I used Flow to recognize that trigger and then create the record inside of CRM. And there actually were other processes that ran once the record was created. So I was using the two together, Um, but I really did need Flow because without a lot of code, my workflow couldn't recognize what was going on in Twitter. So that was a good reason to use both. So have you seen flow and workflow being misused where you shouldn't really use any of it? Yes, still see that. And that happens the most when people don't understand the whole platform because the conversation isn't just about what workflow and flow can do. It's also about what you can do with business rules and what you can do in calculated fields and what you can do in roll-up fields and an understanding of how the system works all together. And so a problem I see a lot is that someone wrote a great workflow back in 2012 and it totally met the need at the time. Or I see this a lot of time with JavaScript too, where that JavaScript to manipulate the form made perfect sense way back when. And now the platform has matured and improved. And so you don't need that workflow anymore. That workflow should be a business rule or that workflow should be a calculated field or that code should be a roll-up field now or that JavaScript should be a business rule. 
And so where I see the most is that someone either has a habit of maybe doing all of their form customizations in JavaScript, and instead of challenging themselves to go in and see what they could do in a business role, they just keep writing JavaScript, which isn't the best case for really anybody. Um, It's more expensive to support, you know, it's harder to upgrade all these different things. And so where I see workflows misused the most is that um, you, when someone really should have used a calculated field or should have used a business rule or should have used something else. And they're having all these extra workflows run when they really don't need to. So for example, if you have a workflow running every time a task is created just to update a field that a business rule could have updated, and you're just putting a lot of baggage on the server that doesn't need to be there. Uh, The other place where I see flow misused is when someone goes a great distance to do something in flow that they really could have done on a Microsoft workflow in like three steps. And I have seen this before when I look at a friend's screen and I notice that, you know, it took them maybe 15 steps to do something that they could have done in three steps in a workflow. I feel like sometimes if you don't know the benefits of all of those different tools, then you might work too hard to accomplish something in one tool that would have been very easy in another. Yeah, and or if you see the question, oh, I want this field as a required field on the form where something else is filled in and how can I solve that with workflow or flow? You're just like, no, you don't. (laughs) Yes, no, that should be a business rule. And so that's where if you you don't know all of them, and this is another place that while workflows haven't changed, business rules have actually changed quite a bit since they were released. Calculated fields get better every single update. Something new comes into calculated fields, I'm pretty sure. Uh, At least that's been my experience where there's something I couldn't do before, but then it comes out in the next release. And so, you know, if someone looked at calculated fields two years ago and determined that it didn't work for them, well, they probably don't know calculated fields now. And so you need to really stay up to date on how different functions are improving and try to find the simplest tool to get it done. Just because you can do it in an elaborate, nerdy way that you're really proud of doesn't mean that that's the best tool. If you can do it, in only three steps do it in only three steps don't do 16. yeah that that's a really good advice so if i want to know more about either flow or workflow or anything of 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 this above then where do i where do i go well for flow i would start at flow.microsoft.com that's all of microsoft's resources you know um you can get to a lot from there Also, for all things these days, if you want the Microsoft official take on something, docs.microsoft.com is the new website we go to for everything. So I used to go to TechNet all the time or MSDN, and now I go to docs.microsoft.com. So for Flow or Workflow, that's where you want to go there. Um, And then for things to do with Workflow, there are a lot of resources on the CRM UG, which is a user group specifically for Dynamics 365 and CRM. Because the tool has been around so long, there's lots of great resources there, Um, webinars, blogs. I have a blog series. I think it's it's seven challenges. So if you want to learn how to write workflows absolutely from scratch, that blog series um, is found on the CRMUG and on my website. And that will walk you through writing your first seven workflows. So a lot of resources there. And then also just using your favorite search engine. I usually put in dynamics. Sometimes I do the version and then I put in, you know, workflow or how to do whatever it is in a workflow. And um, search results tend to be pretty helpful there as well. Do you have any public speaking or anything where we can see you next time? 
Yes, absolutely. So I will be in Indiana in May for the CRMUG Focus event. Um, I'll actually be presenting on Power Apps and Power BI and also user adoption at that conference. And then I hope to be speaking at the CRMUG Summit Conference, which will be in October in Phoenix. And then um, I'm sure there'll be some webinars between now and then too. Also, if you're in Minnesota, you can come to my user group meeting, but I think we have a global audience here. So coming to the frozen tundra of Minnesota probably isn't practical for most people. <laughs> yeah. So so CRM UD Focus, that's uh, in May 24th. No, sorry, 21st to 24th of uh, May then. Yes. Do you have any links where we can find you then? Yes. Um, so anything you need to know, you can find on MacGyverCRM.com. That's my personal website. And I post links to sessions I'm doing or also tweet about webinars and other things. You can follow me on Twitter at MacGyverCRM.com. Um, and then I also have a podcast um, with Matt Anderson, which is titled Implement This. So you can learn all about that at implementthis.org. And I have said to say that uh, that Twitter handle and that uh, the, uh, that name, that's, that's I, I think that's just great. MacGyver is like my teenager uh, hero. So MacGyver Serum, that's, that's really oh, nice. Something. Thank you. Thank you. It was actually, it was a convergence ad lib. I was on a panel and I was trying to describe how I do things without code. And um, I think I referenced MacGyvering it and that, you know, I got a lot of laughs. And then I walked out in the lobby and thought, oh, that'd be a great Twitter handle. And so it was my Twitter handle for a long time. And then when it came time to go off on my own and name my company, that was just kind of um, the one to beat and we couldn't beat it. So that's what it is. Yeah. Thank you for participation in CRM Rocks, Britt Directs that. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. And thanks to you for listening. And don't forget that uh, I publish each episode to uh, Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. And uh, you can comment or subscribe. Just search for CRM Rocks and you will find it right there. See you next time on CRM Rocks.